0: And welcome to ArborPod, Detective Dendro Series. Today's guest is Guy Mayur in the case of the charismatic caria. This podcast is provided by the International Society of Arboriculture.
1: After we left the large pecan tree shading Carrie Ackernell's farmstead home last spring, the case of the ill, Illinoisensis, as you'll recall, ArborCop and I reviewed the options for treating the tree and the Ganoderma fungus that infected it. Coded also got into the discussion and used the tree in his semester project for the plant pathology course he was taking. One morning he came into the office with a sly grin. Hey, Dendro, did you know that cattle eat tree trunks? He asked. I had to think about that one. Well, Coded, I have heard of cows doing that, but even with multiple stomachs, I don't know how they could digest solid wood. Ha, I finally stumped you he triumphantly exclaimed. My classmate from Chile, Rodrigo Robledo, showed us pictures of Palo Blanco. This wood turns white when the reinforcing lignin is digested by a Ganoderma fungus, leaving the fibrous cellulose behind. Cellulose is a carbohydrate, so the cows can handle that. Also, Rodrigo's project is on root invigoration, so he will do that work for our carrier client, the Ackernells." "'Extraordinary!' I exclaimed, looking at the bundles of bright white wood in the picture. "'Your Chilean friend has shared an extreme example of wood with white rot, "'which retains flexibility while losing strength and solidity. "'Brown rot fungi leave lignin, which tends to be brittle, behind. "'I would love to visit Chile to see Palo Blanco in person "'and for the experience of snow skiing in July.' We received the results of the soil test and scheduled our winter visit to the Ackernell's trees. As we approached, we saw that the large pecan tree had weathered the long, hot summer intact. Rodrigo was in the yard on one knee, studying cylinders of soil that he had extracted with his probe. Carrie met us at the driveway with her three children, all acting anxious and animated.
0: Good morning, Detective. Codet.
1: She welcomed us.
0: My children have been watching this tree closely. And I've saved some things to show you.
2: I found a twig on the ground this
0: spring that the squirrels chewed off.
1: Complained Candace, waving the evidence. It was cut cleanly on the outside, but torn fibers protruded from the pith.
0: We don't mind showing the nuts, but how do we stop them from biting off the branches?
1: I found this spider web this summer, cried Newt, thrusting a ragged mess that he had clipped off the end of a branch. Why do they get this coarse black sand inside their webs? I don't like spiders. They're creepy. How can we stop the spiders from spinning these messy webs?
2: I see lines of holes in that big branch up there where bad bugs brutally bit it,
1: exclaimed Carol.
2: Will the tree leak its sap and die? How can we stop those bad bugs? And if pecan trees have all these problems, should we plant a different kind of tree this fall to line our new driveway?
1: Carrie, your children are budding tree detectives, and we will answer their questions in good time, I said. But I think you have a more immediate concern about this tree's stability. We can see that the top is less dense above the Ganoderma infection, and the branches on the other side are better balanced since coated reduce the sprawling ends. So, at first glance, the above-ground portion of the tree appears more stable, and the increased growth in this callous tissue at the margin of the infection is a good thing. However, it is clear this tree is in poor condition, as I noted in April, and may need to be removed before long.
0: I'd like to continue giving it a chance,
1: Carrie insisted.
0: What do you have, Rodrigo?
1: Here's the soil analysis from the state lab and our prescription for soil treatments this fall. Injecting air, water, composted organic matter, and these inoculants will provide a biological basis for root growth. The infection does not seem to have affected five of the seven support roots, and the beneficial organisms may outcompete the pathogen in the soil. You've already done a great job of mulching the tree four inches deep, off the trunk flare, and out toward the drip line.
0: Well, Rodrigo, I was following some very fine directions.
1: Carrie turned her astro-blue eyes on me.
0: But this trunk does not look good. A third conch has popped out, next to the ones you identified before, Detective. Does that mean my tree will fall down, or is there something we can do to stabilize it?
1: Let's review your management options, Carrie, I said. We cannot solve the stability problem by pruning alone, because losing too much leaf surface can starve the tree. Rodrigo's work may increase stability over time. By increasing fine root density, the support roots will get more of the nourishment they need. Cabling will support individual branches, but can do nothing to prevent toppling. Guying to a ground anchor would not fit this historic landscape, and the forks are strong, so installing brace rods will not help. Coded ruffled through his copy of the ANSI A300 Part 3 support standards. "'Gosh, Dendro, only cabling, bracing, and guying are mentioned here. Same here,' added Rodrigo as he looked through Coded's copy of ISA's Best Management Practices book on support systems. "'You fellows are behind the times,' I told them, looking over their shoulders. Perhaps if we listen to rap music on the radio while we eat lunch, we will hear the synonym for support that this senescent tree may someday require. Meanwhile, let's look through our reference books for the answers to this tree's pest problems as we enjoy the sweet onion salad I saw advertised at the Corner Cafe. We'll be back in an hour, Carrie. Boom, shaka boom Our truck vibrated with the beat as we approached the farm after lunch. Turn that rap racket down, Codet, I implored. If I hear props for the homeboys again, I believe I'll lose what's left of my mind. Codet grudgingly obliged, and we parked outside the drip line. Carol Ackernell ran up to us and started jumping up and down so hard an earbud from her iPod popped out.
2: I know, I know.
1: She hooked her iPod to the car stereo and pumped up the volume.
2: Giving props to my homeboys. No more stops on my own toys.
1: Our truck windows were vibrating so hard I was afraid they might break.
2: Thank you, Carol. We get it now, so turn it down, okay?
1: Carrie pleaded. Yes, props under these large lower branches may be worth considering, I said, enjoying the quiet. They can prevent both branch breakage and root failure and are made from metal or wood. Now let's go over to the picnic table where Coded and Rodrigo have spread out the publications I always take to the field. First, we can see the props are covered in my 2006 versions of the standards and BMPs, but not in Code's 2001 version. By revising them every five years, the committees ensure that our specifications are up to date. Youngest first, Coded started, meeting Candace's wide-eyed gaze with his hand lens. The end of your twig has been gnawed almost straight across with a faint rounding and is slightly roughened by the chewing. The adult twig girdler, Ansideris Singulata, cuts this circular incision into the wood. In the section of the twig above the girdle, a small hole is gnawed and the egg is placed inside. So if you gather and destroy these fallen twigs, there will be less damage next year. Year next, Newt, Rodrigo said. The webs you found were not made by spiders at all, but by the fall webworm, Hyphantria cunea. This pest has traveled from its North American origins to become a major pest in Europe and Asia. Here it can stress trees when the larvae eat the leaves, but only with years of defoliation will it strain them. The best control may be to keep a long pole handy and strip off the webs whenever they are woven. Trichogramma species wasp are natural parasites laying their own eggs into the eggs of the moth. Meanwhile, I had attached a climbing line and helped Carol get up to the limb with the lines of holes in it. She straightened her goggles inside her helmet and took deep breaths as I ascended and gave her my magnifying glass. Do you see dust? Uh, Little crumbs of mushy wood or rough bits of wood, Carol?
2: Just rough bits, she answered. I see no visible dust or crumbs or frass, as Kodak called it. Does that mean our pest may not be a wood-boring insect?
1: Correct, I replied, marveling at such great powers of deduction in such a small person. The pest is the yellow-bellied sapsucker, Spirapicus varius. Unfortunately, sapsucker holes allow fungi and other pests to inflict damage. Sapsuckers drill these holes to get at the sap. In the summer, sapsuckers feed on the phloem sap, the sticky fluid that carries the nutrients produced in the leaves. Imagine the work this tree is trying to do, closing around each and every wound that bird made.
2: There are hundreds of holes.
1: Carol ran her eyes up and down the limb.
2: So many wounds too close. Can we cover it to prevent any more?
1: Exactly, Carol. There isn't much we can do, but we can wrap burlap long enough to train the bird to look for something else to peck and if you hang suet feeders in a sheltered location where they can comfortably feed, their feeding may be entertaining, not destructive. We repelled back to Earth.
0: Thank you so much, Detective,
1: Carrie said, clasping my shoulder as she walked me to my truck.
0: My children and I will look forward to your midsummer inspection when you can check our progress with our pecans' pests. You won't forget us, will you?
1: No, ma'am, I smiled as her hand slid slowly from my shoulder. Regular checkups are what the doctor ordered.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of the ArborPod, Detective Dendro series. Are you certified by ISA? You can earn CEUs for this podcast. Just use the code DD1331 to complete the quiz online. Stay tuned for the next ones. This podcast is provided by the International Society of Arboriculture.